You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 421. We did a complete change. I went hardcore over the phone telemarketing to our database of like 100,000 leads that we've had over the course of the last 10 years. We're rehitting everybody and we started doing massive text blasting. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Man, I've got a very, very special guest today, someone that I have a ton of admiration for, someone that I listen to, and over the years, someone that has actually become a dear friend to me. Been down to Tulum a few times. We yes, have out. And this is somebody right now, as I watch a lot of people on the content they're producing and what they're talking about, Billy Alvaro is somebody that knows what they're talking about because he's been there before. So we're going to start today hearing a little bit about a story, but here's what you're going to get. By the end of this recording, by the end of this podcast, you're going to understand the four significant shifts that Billy's done. And it's what we've done. And I believe he is absolutely right on track. So you definitely want to stay on and hear what he has to say. So Billy, first of all, tell us a little bit about you, man. Where are you located? Where are you from? How long have you been in the game? Yep, been in the game for a bit. Been in the game since... Well, first of all, I'm from New York. Live in New Jersey and New York. So I go back and forth to both states. We have um, an investment company in the New York area. We have right now about 11 people on the team. We primarily do rehabs, wholesale, and then we have a rental portfolio. Been doing this full-time since 2009. But I've been flipping, investing in real estate since like 19... I think 1989 was my first investment property that I purchased. And then... Each year, I do a couple of deals here and there, but never as a true business. Really, the truth of the matter is I had no freaking clue what I was doing in the early years. I was just lucky with what I was doing. Um, and then you know, I got into this business full-time in, uh, in 2009 because I had no other choice. <laughs> yeah. So let's go there. I mean, a lot of times people just do a short little intro. We'll go directly to the meat. But I want to add some massive credibility here because your story is... I, I cannot say it's crazy. But it's what has brought the wisdom and the experience that you have because of the pain that you've gone through. So for those that don't know a little bit about your story, give us a little background and then we'll get to the meat. All right. So just a three-minute overview of what we're experiencing today. I experienced back in 2008 when the crash happened. But in that life, I had 950 employees. I had a national mortgage company that was in 41 or 42 states. And we were doing about a billion dollars a year with about 40, 40 plus million dollars in revenue. And I was taking a company, doing a reverse merger, taking it public, and the whole bottom fell out for me prior to the banking blow up in 2008. This happened to me about a year prior. And uh, I went from, you know, from here to here overnight, $14 million in debt. Had wow, to, say that again. How much in debt? $14 million in debt. It was uh, honestly, dude, it was, it was the toughest time of my life. That happened in the middle of 2006, and I didn't get my head out of my ass for three years because I didn't know what I didn't know. I built a company fast. I had the wrong people around me. I had a ton of different moving parts. And when I finally did 
come out of it and I realized what I needed to do, I just immediately started taking massive action and I cut through all the red tape, all the bullshit. I believe it or not, I fired all my attorneys and I bought a course online called Jurisdictionary, how to represent yourself in court and win. Study. Wow. Yeah. Hired a paralegal because I had no other choice. I had to become resourceful because I was broke, man. Like I burnt through all my cash, $48,000 a month trying to fight the lawsuits. And I'm realizing the attorneys aren't doing it for me because their best interest is to continuously bill, right? They get paid by billing. They don't get paid by settling. They get paid by billing, depending on the law firm you're going to. So when I realized this, I go, I have to take matters in my own hands, took matters into my own hands. Within about two years, I got that 14 million going to court by myself, pro se. I got that 14 million down to about 2 million. And then that last $2 million, I had to go through and file bankruptcy. But going through that on the financial side, like going from the top to the bottom and getting knocked out, I have a Harvard education in how to transform yourself, your body, your mind, your finances by going through all that bullshit. And that's what's helped me with this downturn because for the last two years, even though I didn't know what was going to happen with a virus pandemic, I knew a downturn was coming. Like it was every 10 to 15 years, this cycle happened. So I was preparing for myself and my business. And now we're at the point where luckily, I mean, we're getting, <laughs> New York is getting hit the absolute hardest out of all the states. We're not just on shutdown, we're on lockdown. Like nothing is happening in New York. But because of what I've been through in 2008, because the massive action I took over the course of the last month, and because I was mentally prepared for it and financially prepared for it, we're going to be able to withstand and then come out of this thing. And when we come out and this thing passes, the opportunities are going to be unfreaking believable mm. I love that. I love the light that you're painting at the end of the tunnel. And it also reminds me, I know you're probably a Ray Dalio fan like I am, if you've not read the book Principles, but there's a principle in there that hit me really hard and he calls it the principle of first encounters. And it's the whole idea that the first time we encounter something, like what you did back in 07, 08, the reason that it knocks us down so hard is because we haven't developed the principles yet to deal with it. So it feels life-ending. It feels life-threatening. But once you go through something like that, you've developed the principles so that when it happens again, you now can tackle this thing entirely in a different way. It's like going into battle, but going back into a battle in a way that you didn't go in the first time. And that changes everything. And so what we're going to talk about now are the four things that you took from that first experience, these principles and talk about what they are and exactly some practical shifts that you made in your business. Because I love how you, Billy, is while everyone was still talking, you were executing. And Big when time. everyone was executing on some of the things you're executing, I'm like, Billy's like done. He did that like a week or two weeks ago, yeah. which lets you know like, and you're not screwing around because you're smart enough to know that, man, this could get serious and I'm not going to get caught with my pants down. So let's start with number one. The first principle is this idea of consistently marketing, but also shifting the marketing to what's driving the ROI. So help us understand a little bit about that principle and practically what that looks like for you right now. Great, great question. So, you know, every state right now is going through something different. New York compared to, I guess, I don't know, Wyoming. In Wyoming, you could continue to do what you've been doing because you're not really getting hit that hard. In New York, TV came to a standstill. My direct mail went down to about 0.01% response rate. Like all the me marketing mechanisms that we were utilizing 
stop working. So what did we do? I didn't just throw the towel in. We did a complete change. I went hardcore over the phone telemarketing to our database of like 100,000 leads that we've had over the course of the last 10 years. We're rehitting everybody and we started doing massive text blasting. And just by doing that, first I was able to save, it was about $40,000 a month cutting my overhead because of the marketing wasn't working. So mm-hmm. I was able to save that, reallocate part of the resources, came offline with Facebook, came offline with, with Google, shit that was working that's not, put the allocated resources into telemarketing and into text blasting, and we're getting deals. We're still making business happen. Nowhere near where we were before the pandemic happened, but we just reallocated and reshifted. Now, go back to when I had the mortgage company years ago. When I started seeing the shifts happen, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't have the experience. And I was always, you said earlier, I was this time around, I was two weeks ahead of what everybody else was doing. Back then, it was two months behind. So I didn't shift my thinking. I didn't execute quick enough. And if I didn't turn this thing around within you know, a month, I could have bled out $40,000 that I can now utilize for something else. And every dollar in this, in what we're going through, this pandemic counts to your bottom line. You really need to hold on to and watch every single dollar that comes in and out of your business. I agree. So if I were to sum that up, the principle is continue to market, but understand that the change in environment might cause you or require you to shift the way that you're doing that. So you got to be agile enough to go, this marketing's not working. I'm going to jump over to something that is. And I love that you did two things simultaneously. You really reduced your marketing expense. But in that reduction, that also gave you some capital to reallocate over to what's working for you up in New York, which is text blasting and doing outbound cold calling, which is great. So I love that really to kind of sum that up, what you did. So let's go to number two, right? Get control of your expenses. Now, I think everyone at this point listening is going, yeah, heard that. But can you drive this home? Can you get the audience to understand? Let's let's go to Dave Ramsey, gazelle-like intensity, right? Can you talk about the intensity that you did and actually what you accomplished in the sense of cuts and the time frame you did it in? Yeah. So as soon as I saw shit hitting the fan, I went into like war zone mode and I just got completely focused in on the task at hand. And number one, was keeping my business afloat liquidity-wise not to burn through. We could last for a while, but why would I want to still burn money? So the first thing I did is I downloaded all my expenses out of QuickBooks into Excel. Everything I did for the last year, by how much we spent from the most to the least, and I literally spent two days hunkered in this office, and I just started cutting through every single expense, highlighting which ones we needed to whack out. Then I contacted the vendors, and it was either stop it permanently, stop it part-time for the next 90 to 180 days or cut back the amount that we're spending for that particular service. Because there's certain things we still needed, but I contacted, dude, every vendor, every marketing company, my landlord. Like I went through the whole entire list and I looked at my employees, you know, who's the A players, who's the B players, who's the C players. Went through this whole thing. And when I came out, we had $40,000. That was a hard cut. Outside, it was actually 30, $32 to $38,000. That was a hard cut to the bottom line that I'm not going to take back on overhead-wise. And the rest of it was either a forbearance or negotiated down. And that was two days. And when I got that done, I sat back and I'm like, all right, with what we have right now, if I don't bring another dollar in, worst, worst, absolute worst case scenario, if I keep the current staff the way it is without letting anybody else go, and I don't bring a dollar in, how long could I survive 
with no money coming in. And now I'm at like a 17, 18 month rate run rate where I can't bring a dollar in. I'm good for the next 17 to 18 months. But before the cutbacks, I was at like nine months. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it doubled my, my lifetime in the business. Now, money's still coming in, thank God. Nowhere near what it was. But if I didn't do that, again, I'd be burning through money unnecessarily. And when the opportunity arises, when this market shifts, and it's going to shift, I want to have the resources, the financial resources to attack and go out there and start taking up, uh, uh, what do you call it, properties on the, on the cheap. Absolutely. And man, you know, I went through 2008 as well. And just to like literally affirm everything you're saying, we went through the same exact process. And I'm saying this because if you're listening and you haven't done it, you're already behind. You should literally get off this podcast and start this process. But we went through the same thing. Can we renegotiate it? Can we cut it? Can we defer it? And we roughly cut off about 35%. But the mentality that you have is what I totally agree with. And that is, it's all about extending the runway as long as you can, because the whole game is don't run out of money. Money is oxygen. And when the oxygen runs out, you die. And so every dollar cut, everything you can shift and defer, as long as you get more and more time, that's what you need. Because the more time you have, that leaves room, what, for more creativity, for more ideas, for more shifts, for more adjustments. And of course, to get on the other side of what we're talking about. And that's the winning side when the opportunity comes. Because we want to be on that side when it happens, right? It's like, if you ever saw Forrest Gump when Ginny goes out... And the boat and everyone gets wiped out. And then Jenny, the boat just is coming in, right? And then what's the next scene? The shrimp and business gets easy, right? And they're just killing it because it's all about those that survive the storm and make it to the other side. So, man, I couldn't agree with you more. Let's go to number three. One thing before we go to number three, because a lot of guys and girls that are on this this webinar that, well, they're saying, well, this doesn't pertain to me because I don't have a big business. I don't need to, to cut back. Well, I didn't just go through and cut back on my business expenses. I went through and I said, what am I going to do on my personal side? And even personally, look, I didn't have to, but even on the personal side, I went through and I cut back close to $4,600 a month. That's 60 G's a year off the top, off the, the, what do you call the line, right down to the bottom line. The other thing I said to myself is I have a shit ton of money on the side personally. And this is the mistake I made when I had my mortgage bank. If I didn't cut back on my business side, I would have been bleeding financially on the personal side to take what I've accumulated to dump into my business. Why in the hell would I want to do that? I have a complete separation of powers. I have my business income and expenses. I have my personal income expenses. So if you're out there and you're listening, if you're a business, you don't want to bleed yourself personally to fund your business. And if you don't have a huge company, you're a solo practitioner, cut back your expenses. I don't care if it's $500 a month. Cut it back because it's $500 a month that's going to stay in your pocket that you'll have more money to start marketing for when this thing turns over. Well said. I like it. All right. We're heating up. We're heating up here. Let's go to number three, Billy. Selling virtually, right? Why is this important? And again, I think everyone is now like been bombarded with the word virtual, but let's get into some practicals, man. What does this look like? How do we sell virtually right now and maintain social distancing? Yeah. So, so this is like key for us. And I think what the one good thing that this pandemic had for my company coming out of this is for me to realize that we really can organize, run and scale this business virtually. I know you've been doing it for years. 
I've never done a virtual business like this. And this pandemic forced us to work from home and not only work from home, but to contact, connect, get the sellers of these properties that know, like, and trust us over the phone or through Zoom to leverage technologies, whether it's an iPhone or having the sellers zoom through the house so we can see the process and, the, and see the, the type of property it is and what it looks like, and then take that video or have a professional videographer go out and sell the properties without a buyer going into the house. So we're buying virtually, we're selling virtually, and we're actually closing in these deals. Is it easy? Absolutely not. There's all humps that we're going through, but it all starts with the sellers up front It's a completely different psychology of closing. Like my guys, when they go out to the home, it's a one-time close. Obviously, if they don't close it, there's follow-up. But when we go to that house, our intent is to go there, know, like, and trust. Let's settle on a number. Let's sign the paperwork. When you're dealing with them over the phone, it's really a four, five, or a six touch. You have to get them over the phone, and it's a process, a psychological process you have to take them through. You're not going to call them, connect with them, and on the first phone call, send them over a contract and try to close it. I, in my experience, I think you're going to lose more deals if you do it that way than gain them. If you leverage your personality style, the mirror to the people who you're, who you're connecting with over the phone, and you have a process that takes them through a five or six step process and slowly inches them to the next step, I think you're going to have a higher success rate with closing these deals. That's good. So what I hear is really a shift in the way that we sell, but particularly the speed of the sell. Like you said, I'm used to the face-to-face or my sales team for me goes out and we call that a one and done, right? One and done close. But now you're moving into a little bit more of a dance, if I could say it that way, in the sense of slowly leading somebody to that close because you're having to do it virtually, which I think at that point requires just some self-awareness, right? About myself as a salesperson and the seller on where they're at as well as some patience. And what's interesting that just hit me is we definitely understand that process with people that are elderly by nature, right? As long as we've been in sales, we've always been told you can't rush usually the older generation. They're a little bit more slower. So we have adjusted historically to that. Now it's taken that mentality, it sounds like, and applying it down to people even at younger ages because we're doing it virtually. Correct. You nailed it right on the head, dude. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Okay, anything else you want to drive home on selling virtually before we go down to the last and fourth nugget? No, I think buying and selling is the way to do it virtually right now. You just have to have all your ducks in a row and know, just like you said, it's a slower process. Yeah. Now, did you say that uh, you had like a video series or something? I know you said you encourage people to do it, but is there one that you've come across that people could go online where that's free or buy anything? Just curious. Like, have you come across so- any, like someone that's put out some training on yes, how to do this? You, man. Honestly, like John Martinez has the absolute best training out there when it comes down to buying and now buying over the phone. I mean, he's very, very good. All my guys have been with him for two years and uh, going through the sales training process. And on the back end, when this whole pandemic happened, he put out another series of how to take what he's taught you and now shift it and do it over the phone. And it's working, man. Like, hands down, his shit works. Good. Okay. So John Martinez, again, we're familiar with him. I've heard nothing but great things about John. I actually did a little video series with him a couple of weeks ago too. So highly recommend that. Check that out. Um, And it sounds like he's on the forefront of driving some practical virtual training if you feel like you need it. So let's go to the last thing. Point number four, nugget number four, leveraging technology. Specifically, what are we talking about? How do we leverage tech right now to be able to close more deals and to make money? 
Yeah. So, I mean, this really ties in and wraps up the whole conversation that we're having. I mean, we're, we're leveraging on the marketing side, all different types of technologies from the dialers that are going out to the text blasting services that are going out to the email services that are going out. We're also using what we're on here right now. And everybody's familiar with Zoom, but we're, this is like running our company. It's keeping us together as a company. So we might not be in the same office, but dude, we're having huddles on a daily basis. And all 10 of us are on this thing like the Brady Bunch. And we're all reporting of what's going on and keeping each other up to speed. And you know, with the sellers, we just started getting into doing Zooms with sellers on their phone. So they're actually walking us through their, their home on their cell phone and it's being recorded. So now we have that information, what the house looks like on the recording site. So if we can't get in somebody with a video camera, because the people in the, inside the home are like, look, I don't want anybody in. We already have the footage that we need in order to then take that property and sell it to a buyer, cash buyer on the back end. So it's just yeah. doing things differently, increasing your efficiencies and leveraging any technology that you possibly can to make your job better, faster, and easier. So what would you say are the top two to three softwares, apps, tech that you guys are leaning on right now? That you're saying, you know, there's a bunch out here, but here's like the three that I think we're literally utilizing the most day-to-day in our business. What are those three? Yeah, so I'm having a brain fault with the texting one. Can't remember what the hell it was, but there's a texting platform that my guys have been utilizing and it's fantastic. And I, I can give it to you afterwards. I just can't think of it off the top, man, because that's no not problem. Like, uh, Zoom, definitely. And then on the email side, simple email, which is the GMAS. We've been utilizing GMAS to blast these properties out to the buyers of the property. Okay, perfect. I love it. So wrapping up, Billy, anything else you'd like to just leave with the audience in the sense of like, I've given you some practical stuff. This is what I did in 2008. This is obviously what I did much faster. And I know you right now, again, there's some challenges, but you're not just stressed out. You're not having sleepless nights, right? No, dude. You've got this fear. You've got things under control because you've been proactive and got ahead of it. So what would you like to close and just say, man, if you guys hear me on anything, uh, this could be on principle, heartfelt, whatever it is, what's the last thing you want to leave everyone listening with? Uh, it's very simple. Get clear, get focused, and take action. Those three things you need to do like immediately, daily, consistently, because if you don't, you're going to lose. And you also have to realize, shit, no matter where you're at, it might be decent where you're at right now. In New York, it's extremely hard. That There's people here that are struggling. If you keep your mindset straight, this is going to pass. It always does. It's an up and down type business. The opportunities that are going to become available, if you're in the right position, in the right frame of mind, you're going to create wealth, tremendous amount of wealth over the next two years for the next 15 years. It's going to be an outrageous, un- unbelievable experience that we're all going to be going through in the next couple of years. Absolutely. So say it again, get clear, get focused and take action and take action. Perfect. Well, Billy, I appreciate it. And as always, if you're tuning in and you've got an interest in utilizing radio, Billy, I know for us in Texas, we didn't have to shift that. We've actually pushed harder on radio because it's working really well in Dallas, Fort Worth. And on top of that, we're running the same 600 ads per month, but we negotiated the rate down 45%, which is crazy, right? So the same frequency at 45% of a less price. And that's not just for a month. We're hoping that that's going to continue to stick with us even as we come out. Yeah, they might try to negotiate but at some point, but now we know how willing they're willing to go. So that is, I say we buy it dirt cheap. I don't know how you describe 45%. Crazy. I couldn't believe it. So if you're interested in that, go to wholesalinginc.com 
forward slash REI radio. Again, wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. And Billy, if people want to hear more about what you got to say, follow you, where do they find you? Yes, absolutely. So online, Facebook, The Unstoppable BA. Same thing with Instagram, Unstoppable BA. And then you can go to my website, billyalvaro.com. Awesome. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Billy, thanks for your time. Appreciate you. Anytime. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling. 